You're listening to Never Sleeps Network. Welcome, family, friends, fans, and foes. It's time once again for Never Sleeps Network, and I am your host, Casey Corbin, and thank you for joining me today on the podcast. Uh, Well, before we get to the show, you know what you got to do. Can you please hit us up on some of those social media outlets? If you can't do them all, just do one. Just take one. Focus on that this week. Maybe next week do another. It all depends. But hit us up on the Twitter at TNWPod. Uh, On Instagram, we're... uh, Talking Wrestling Podcast at Instagram. Uh, you can send us a Gmail at uh, talkingwrestling at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook at Facebook backslash talking wrestling. Of course, we are also on Spotify, talking wrestling as well. Or you can find that under Casey Corbin as well. I guess you'd, you would be able to. Um, not only that, um, if you are on iTunes and you get us there, uh, rate, review, subscribe. Give us a five-star rating and a favorable review. We'll send you a postcard from the 80s, my 1984 wrestling postcard book. Uh, Many uh, wrestlers are still available, so you give me your five top five wrestlers from 1984, and we will send you one postcard of one of those five. Uh, Very simple. We'll just fill it out, drop it in the mail. Thank you very much. Um, With that said, and we mail it to you. So you're getting an actually mailed postcard. So there's writing on the back, a thank you, you know, so just a, just a heads up there. Um, yeah, so what's this show about? Well, it's about SummerSlam this week. Uh, wow, let's just get into it. Toronto invaded, no, Toronto didn't invade anyone. No, 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 the WWE invaded Toronto. And not only that, so they were coming in for four nights of wrestling, uh, NXT TakeOver 2, Toronto 2, uh, SummerSlam, and of course Raw and SmackDown. Wednesday night, it all started, and uh, many, many shows were planned around SummerSlam, whether it be wrestling shows, or some sort of speaking engagement, or some sort of comedy show, there was just a lot going on. So Wednesday night, my night included me meeting up with a buddy who was in town with uh, for for the week, um, for all the wrestling as well, and uh, we went up to the Midtown, uh, no, the Metrotrop, I can't even remember, the Met, it's called the Met, it's a theater in Toronto that I never knew existed, and um, yeah, so they were having a card that night, and it was Smash Wrestling Toronto, which is a regular promotion that I go to, and if you're if you're familiar with Smash, it's uh, one of the top promotions in the city. Um, now, they were going up against uh, a crossover with uh, Progress. Progress is coming in from the UK. This is the second time they did it. They did it, I, th- I believe, three years ago. And now this is the first time they've done it since. So the second time they're doing it over here. And uh, what a card. It was basically this, you know, everybody from Smash Wrestling that I knew, which is great, and uh, the Progress people pretty much brought over all NXT UK people. Um, and it was just an incredible card. 
and a very fun night. So it starts out uh, the first match. Uh, you get there. Uh, the first match was a Psycho Mike, who's been on the podcast before, a great guy who've had, who's who's uh, very funny. Uh, he's a good wrestler and a really funny comic wrestler, comical wrestler. And uh, he de- uh, defeated uh, Trent Seven in a, a, hol- a hilarious, funny opening match, which set the way. But then uh, some real wrestling came. Not real. Oh, I feel bad. I shouldn't say real wrestling. Uh, I'm just saying a non-comedy wrestling match. That's what I meant by real wrestling. Uh, not that the comedy the comedy match wasn't real wrestling. Like Psycho Mike and Trent uh, did a great job wrestling. Uh, it was just uh, the next match really got into some serious wrestling. That's what I'm talking about. The pillars, Brent Banks and Tyson Dukes uh, defeated Aussie Open, uh, Mark Davis and Kyle Fletcher. Uh, I believe those are the, the NXT, or no, they're the Progress Tag Champs. Um, but th- it was a great match. It was a great match. It's fantastic. Uh, Alexia Nicole, um, she went up against Jordan Grace, and uh, Jordan Grace had no problem defeating Alexia Nicole, in which it was a solid match. And then the match that I thought was going to go the main event was next, uh, the first of four matches. And uh, then there was an intermission, then three matches. So uh, Kevin Bennett was going up for the title against uh, Walter. And Walter uh, had no problem in defeating Kevin Bennett in uh, what was a fantastic match. Um, So then we came back from the intermission and Tariq uh, defeated Jordan Devlin. Uh, So far, it seems to me that, you know, the matches are going in Smash's favor. Uh, but that might have been the best not match, of the match of the night was Terry versus Jordan Devlin. And then the next match um, was, I was very excited to see, uh, Jody Threat, uh, who just recently was at the WWE tryouts or the WWE camp here in this weekend. That was also held during SummerSlam weekend. They did a, a performance center tryout. Uh, so Jody Threat, uh, she went up against Tony Storm. And uh, I'm going to be honest, Tony Storm, I've seen Walter before. But I was most excited about seeing Tony Storm. If if I can tell that you're a wrestler and you love Motley Crue, then I love you. Because I love Motley Crue. And Tony Storm is either a female Dolph Ziggler or she clearly loves Motley Crue. So Tony Storm was the reason why I went there to see her wrestle, as I think she's fantastic. And she did not disappoint. The match between her and Jody Threat. Uh, was was solid and followed that um, the last match was an eight-man tag match that was all over the place uh, Josh Creed, Daniel Garcia, Joe Coleman and uh, Idris Abraham uh, defeated David Starr, Chris Brooks, Paul Robinson and Travis Banks so Smash got the better of progress that night and that was fantastic it was a good card it was very hot. I might have sweated off about five pounds, which is good. Um, and ended up getting my pitcher and an 8x10 signed by uh, Tony Storm as well. And I asked her a Motley Crue question, uh, just a very simple question. I just said, uh, can I ask you a question? She said, yes. And I said, what are your two favorite Motley Crue songs? And she said, oh, my God. Or maybe I just said, what, are you, what is your favorite Motley Crue song? And she said, oh, that's so tough. 
Uh, she said, if I'm feeling emotional, it's home sweet home. But if I just want to rock out, it's girls, girls, girls. And I love the answer. And thank you, Tony, for playing along. Tell her what she won, Pat. I don't know who Pat is. Anyway, I uh, got a picture with Tony Storm. So I was very excited with that. Uh, she, And then I went to pay her. I thought it would be $20 because usually for a, an 8x10 and uh, a picture, it's $20. And uh, she's like $10. I was like, $10? So I gave her the $10, but I was like, I wanted to say, don't undersell yourself. You know, like... Twenty dollars is what it should be char- what she should be charging, but regardless, what a deal! Ten dollars, twenty five for the card, all spent in the night, not including drinks and whatever. You know, thirty five dollar a night. Thank you very much, Smash. Thank you, Progress. You put together a hell of a show. So the next night, um, we had Greek Town. Greek Town is over in on the Danforth in Toronto, which is Greek Town, the neighborhood of the of the Greeks. And um, Greek Town is a fantastic uh, uh, wrestling organization that always takes place in a, in an old church uh, basement. However, uh, now we were up in the actual uh, one of the church rooms because uh, it made for better filming, I guess, because it was being filmed for RDS, which is... Uh, TSN in French, not T- It's not TSN in French. It's it's, it's a sports. It's the French Sports Network. That's what it is. It's the French Sports Network, and uh, the French ESPN. Uh, but it's called RDS, and they cover a, a Montreal syndicate, or well, a Montreal um, wrestling organization called IWS, International Wrestling Syndicate, uh, out of Montreal. They were supposed to be doing a show across town. However, um, I don't know why, but it was a great idea. They merged the show with the Greek Town people. So now we had a Greek Town versus IWS show uh, merging their talent and bringing in some great stars. Uh, Rhino was there, uh, was one of the stars, as well as uh, Joey Ryan was also there. And um, it was a fantastic card, and it was a fantastic a night, it was, again, really, really, really hot. Um, but what a show. And usually the Greek Town shows are hardcore. You can tell they're definitely ECW-influenced. But um, I will say that this was less hardcore physically, but more hardcore sexually. As um, uh, uh, Joey Ryan was wrestling... Um, Oh, God damn it. I'm forgetting her name, and I feel horrible about this because she's the current NWA Women's Champion, which I'm going to Google right now. Do you think Google has that? Who knows the NWA World Champion? Uh, Speaking of NWA, Smashing Pumpkins were in town last night, and uh, apparently they put on a fantastic show. Uh, here we go, NWA World's Championship, and, uh, let's see who it is, uh, Allison K. yeah, that's who, that's who wrestled, uh, Joy Ryan, and, uh, it was a pretty good match, the whole match centered around on his dick, obviously she did not want to touch his dick, she did not want any piece of his dick, nor would she give consent on touching that dick, and then, at one point, she just stopped the match, 
She gave a really good speech on consent and on women's uh, respecting women. And then once that was done, uh, oh, she touched the dick. Now, let me tell you, before she touched the dick, she pulled out a pretty big dildo and attacked um, attacked Joy Ryan with a dildo, you know, and uh, it, like Wafik Nizrella, who has been on the, a guest of the show previously, a very funny comedian, he used to have a joke that said, uh, um, he goes, I don't, he goes, I, I don't know why they call it sexual assault, because sexual assault sounds like uh, you're getting slapped in the face with a dildo, you know, and uh, that's exactly what happened in this match. Uh, but it was a great match, and uh, then there were some Montreal wrestlers that were there as well because they were part of the IWS. Uh, Space Monkey was uh, was uh, on the show. Um, uh, Sexy Eddie, a very funny guy who does a very similar shtick to Joey Ryan. Uh, from what I heard, Joey Ryan sort of stole his shtick from Sexy Eddie. Whether that is true or not, I'm not 100% sure. But, um, you know, it is what it is, man. People do the same gimmick or similar gimmicks. But it was great in the end because they, uh, they teamed up in the end uh, and uh, won the, the match that Sexy Eddie was involved in. The, the main event was RJ City versus Rhino and... Uh, and Channing Decker, and Channing Decker is amazing, Rhino is Rhino, and RJ City is probably one of the most entertaining wrestlers out there today. And uh, it was a very entertaining match with uh, Channing Decker coming away with the new uh, Greek Town Cup and the uh, hardcore title. So um, that was a great night at Greek Town. I got to meet Rhino, got his autograph, uh, Dalton Castle was also there um, from uh, Ring of Honor. And uh, that was the Thursday night. Now, the next night had Smash uh, running their big summer card, uh, as well as uh, Ring of Honor running a card. But I'm going to be honest, I was, uh, I was a little plum-tuckered out from the first two nights. So uh, seeing the glow came out on Netflix... On Netflixed, yeah, it's uh, it's it's uh, it's past tense now. Netflixed, uh, seeing the glow came out on Netflix on Friday. I didn't go out Friday night. I, I I skipped the Destiny Wrestling card. I skipped the Smash card. I just stayed in and I um, purged the entire glow season. Got it done. Got it out of the way. And uh, yeah, and was it good? Yeah, it was okay. It's my least. Uh, my least favorite out of the three seasons i'll just say that um it's all right but it's hard to get excited over glow because i found a new series this weekend somebody put me along and uh, pointed me in the direction of the boys and i watched the boys and that might be my favorite show right now that was wow anyways this is not a the boys podcast maybe i should start one up seeing that we're in toronto where the seven building is um but you know with that said uh, i just stayed in friday night saturday i knew i had a big day uh saturday i was going to the mick foley show um at the rec room in downtown toronto and uh, i was going to check out the superstore the SummerSlam superstore as well and uh, that night i was performing on the dz comedy tour the dolph ziggler comedy tour um 
I was offered tickets to NXT. I did not have a chance to go to NXT as I had to be at the DZ show fairly early because uh, the doors open at 10.30, so I had to be there uh, around before 10. And uh, it just wasn't possible that I could make it to NXT, or, or did I? You know, because I do have to prepare for these shows. And uh, so uh, the Mick Foley show was, uh, was a lot of fun. It was great. Um, the WrestleManiacs are a band from Montreal who they all dress up as wrestlers and, uh, they were performing and all they play are wrestling tunes. And, uh, <laughs> so Mick Foley had the WrestleManiacs come back on stage and play, uh, Shawn Michaels music, uh, sexy, is it sexy boy or is it boy toy? She's just my sexy boy, boy, whatever it's called, boy toy or sexy boy or just HBK. Um, he, they basically, Mick Foley said, I want to live out a dream. I want to do karaoke to HBK's music. So they came on and they played the music, uh, but he didn't sing HBK's music. He sang uh, Sexy Kurt from when Kurt Angle did a parody of HBK's music. And he's like, you know. I'm just your sexy Kurt, sexy Kurt. I'll make your ankle hurt, ankle hurt. You know, um, so it was really, really funny that he did that. The show was good. He had Jason Sensation come out and do uh, some impersonations at one part. Uh, but basically it was just mixed storytelling and then answering questions as well. And, um, you know, uh, in his book, somebody asked him this question. Uh, in his book, uh, they asked him, he talks about how he used to, uh, or in one of his books, he talked about how he used to like to get ready for matches by listening to ter uh, Tori Amos. And he said one time he came in and this big old wrestler came in and saw what he heard what he was listening to and saw him getting all fucking ready for the match and uh, saw him and was a little frightened by him. And he didn't give the name of the wrestler. But the person asked the name of the wrestler in the Q&A because he said, if you ever come up to me and ask me, I will tell you. That's what he said in the book. So somebody asked him, and he did tell us. And in case you're ever wondering who that wrestler was, I will tell you now, it was Kane. Uh, so there you go, Glenn Jacobs. Got freaked out by uh, Mick Foley getting ready for his match with Tori, uh, well, while listening to Tori Amos. Um, the Mick Foley show was a lot of fun. I went to the Superstore. Uh, oh, man. The, the, they had this these chalk line jackets. They're oh, there's some really great ones, and I almost bought the Heart Foundation one. I had it on. I was wearing it around the store. I'm looking. They don't have a mirror. How do you sell all these shirts and fucking jackets, and you don't have a mirror? Come on, WWE, cheapers, you know. So I want to say it felt good, and I thought it looked good. It was a hundred dollars, and I was gonna get it, but then I I liked the the hoodies. They had uh, summertime hoodies for seventy dollars, and I bought one of those, and then I uh, you know, and uh, eventually made my way home, had dinner, and got ready to go back and do the Dolph Ziggler show, which was in the same venue, the Rec Room. Um, so got there to the Dolph Ziggler show, and walked in. And I uh, was taken to the green room, and uh, Dolph was already there, along with his uh, comedy partner, Sarah Tiana. 
uh, her friend Lisa, who was hosting the show, was on it. I did not know this, but her friend Lisa, um, somebody called her Kennedy at one point, and I kind of thought she looked like Kennedy, the the MTV VJ from like the 90s, late 90s, and uh, it was, and I didn't even know, and she introduced me, so that was kind of cool. Um, the DZ show was awesome. It was sold out. It was packed. My set was great. Five minutes, sharp, solid. Uh, I didn't want to. I didn't get to do all the wrestling puns that I wanted to do, but uh, nevertheless, I kicked off the show, and like uh, you know, like uh, Shawn Michaels and Tito Santana and WrestleMania, it was a good starter. Like Brett and Owen, you know, it was and it was a great starter, and uh, the show went on. And there was a, a guy named Dustin who was on after me, I believe. Um, he worked for the WWE. Hey, he did his time. Um, then Nug. Uh, Nug from Aftermath, uh, the WWE uh, review show up here on uh, Sportsnet. He did his set. Um, then there was, uh, oh, then there was a special guest who I didn't know was going to be there, but he went up and uh, did. Uh, he I th- he was supposed to do like a short set. He didn't even do a short set. He just went up, said one thing, and then got off the mic. But uh, Pat Patterson, so Pat Patterson was uh, there, and that was pretty cool. And uh, so not only did was Dolph there, but Pat Patterson was there, and then uh, Zach Ryder and uh, Kurt Hawkins they were on, and they came out during Dolph's set, and they came out during the Q and A afterwards. Uh, Sarah Tiana did a set. Um, they ran into a rickshaw runner outside who said that he was a comedian. And um, apparently Dolph said, oh, you're coming to the show tonight? And he said, I can't. I have a set across town. I got to go do that. Dolph said, why don't you blow off that set and come do a set on my show? And the next thing you know, uh, we had a rickshaw runner who's a comedian on the show as well. And he did very well. So way to go, Brobocop, Alex Brobo Danny. Congratulations uh, on having a decent set uh, during a great show. Congratulations, man. And uh, who else was on? Jason Sensation was there. And uh, he was on. He went on and uh, did a few jokes and uh, a few impersonations to the crowd's delight. Uh, Sarah had a great set. as She went on as well. And then um, Dolph went on and wrapped it up. And Dolph's set probably went about 15 to 20 minutes. Uh, some funny stories, some wrestling stories, some wrestling angles. He definitely made fun of himself a lot. And, uh, you know, and then eventually... Um, Zach and uh, and Kurt joined him on stage. At one point, Kurt Hawkins super kicked uh, Dolph, and um, that wasn't good. And then Pat Patterson came out at the very end, started to undo his pants. I don't know why. He was a bit drunk. I'm going to tell you that right now. Uh, oh, before we even got to Pat Patterson, I forgot. Finn Balor came out and did one joke and was a wrestling pun. And it was something about going to a pet store and something about buying pet food. But I can't remember the pun- but I can't remember the way the joke went, but the punchline was the pedigree. Something about a pedigree, taking a pedigree. And uh, it was the whole audience laughed, and then Finn Balor laughed. Uh, and that was that. because um, he was kind of getting mobbed by fans. As was the story of the weekend. I heard a sad news that like they were staying at a hotel. 
And apparently at one point after the NXT, their hotel was flooded with fans, like 150 fans trying to get autographs and pictures, which is really shitty. And if you're one of those fans, like, fuck, grow up. You know, there are so many opportunities to meet these stars throughout the week at all the meet and greets and at all the wrestling shows and all the comedy shows. You know, they put themselves out there, you know, going to their hotels, like walking up to their fucking front door and knocking on their door and asking for an autograph. And you wouldn't do that in the regular world. So why would you do it at a hotel? And if you are, and if you do do that in the regular world, grow the fuck up, you know? So I only say that because I heard Kevin Owens was supposed to come to the DZ comedy show and so was Kofi Kingston. And they both didn't make it. And it might have been the hotel. They might not have wanted to leave the hotel because there were so many fans looking for autographs and looking for pictures and, you know, and uh, just, you know, grow up. That's all I got to say. So um, with that said, uh, it was a great night of comedy and a very fun night of comedy. And uh, Tyson Kidd was also backstage hanging out. And uh, it was fantastic. I got pictures with all the wrestlers, except for Finn, because he was gone pretty quickly. Uh, I didn't even get to tell him my Finn Balor pun. I have a, well, well, now that I, well, I kind of spoiled it. I I wrote this little joke. It's like, um, how do you know the Bullet Club enjoys playing golf? Because because, uh, they always replace their divots. (laughs) <laughs> it's about Finn Balor, Prince Devitt, when he was replaced by AJ Styles and Bullet Club. Get it? And in golf, if you take a divot, which is a chunk of land or a patch of grass, you're supposed to replace it. That means go get that grass you took, pick it up, put it back, and stomp it down. Put it back in the grass. Replace it. So that was the joke. Uh, anyways, um, that was the Saturday night. Uh, Dolph, I asked him to come do the podcast. I pitched him an idea for this podcast. He said uh, he was interested. Whether that happens or not, I'm not sure. However, um, when I did put up a picture of Dolph and I on the Instagram, um, he did fucking give me three fists of metal. And uh, that's pretty cool. As well as he said that he liked my shirt and I had a good set. And it was just a great night overall. It was just such a fun show. And... I heard great feedback from it. Uh, I was the next day at uh, SummerSlam. I was, you know, recognized like at least 10 times, 10, over 10 times, at least a dozen. Let's say a dozen, dozen times I was recognized by people saying good show last night. Good show. So it was a really I was really happy to be a part of it and uh, and, 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 and grateful as well. So thank you. Uh, Dave Curran for putting me on the show and thank you DZ and uh, thank you uh, Sarah for having me on the show it, it was uh, it was an honor um, we came to SummerSlam and uh, SummerSlam wow I I didn't know what to wear I you ever you ever trying to figure out what you want to wear to wrestling shows I was trying to wear different outfits to different shows every night and uh, what am I going to wear to um, what am I going to wear to SummerSlam and I was going to wear uh, last year's Survivor Series Brock Lesnar's Suplex City shirt. Because you don't see a lot of them up here. But I didn't. 
Uh, instead, I went with the vintage Macho Man purple sunglasses with Macho Man uh, t-shirt. And uh, because I thought Macho Man was the main event in the first SummerSlam, so uh, maybe I should pay tribute. This is my first SummerSlam. And that's why I wore the Macho Man shirt. And uh, went to SummerSlam and just had the best time. The absolute best time ever. And, uh, you know, um, there was even one part where I was on camera. Well, I don't know. I haven't watched the whole SummerSlam. But from what I have watched during the Trish Stratus match, um, you can see me in the crowd right beside. There's one part where Trish Stratus is standing there. And right by her elbow, you can see me. Um, of course, I'm off in the crowd. But you can definitely see me in the Macho Man shirt and wearing my... Uh, we watch wrestling podcast uh, hat as I usually like to wear it to wrestling events. Um, yeah, so here we are at SummerSlam, and uh, to join me for the SummerSlam review, um, let's bring in my roommate, my buddy, uh, one of the greatest Canadian comedians out there in the on the on the on the on the, in the, on the landscape today. Uh, the owner of the network in this house. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show, Jeff McHenry. Jeff, how are you, Jeff? Thanks for joining us. Oh, I'm good, Casey. How are you? Thank you for having me. I'm oh, I'm fantastic. Uh, we're here talking uh, SummerSlam on the show. Uh, however, uh, we didn't even barely touch on NXT. What did you think of the NXT card? Oh, I really like the NXT card. Yeah, I thought it was uh, fantastic. They always put on good shows, and this was no exception. Yeah. Did Johnny Gargano win this time? Uh, no, he never wins. No, he he's, never does. He's does never he? won a match ever. No, he, I've not seen him win on NXT yet. No, he's the Barry Horowitz of this generation. But yeah. people love him, man. People love him. No, people love Barry Horowitz. No, no, I no, no. That's maybe you love Barry Horowitz. No, I I didn't like Barry Horowitz. He was Barry Horowitz. I'm his family. I'm sure Barry Horowitz never dressed up as Wolverine to impress Canadian. Like, do you think he the never, average Canadian knows that Wolverine is Canadian? Uh, or, yeah, or he, I I would feel like they would wrestling nerds would right. Yes, yes. Okay, so <coughs> so he was dressed up. Uh, what was the best match of NXT? Hmm? What did you think the best match was? See, what he should have done is had a star David on his tights. And that would have been... Wolverine's Jewish? Huh? No, Barry Horowitz had a star David. Yeah, we know. We know. Tights. We know he had a star David on his tights. Look, this is my 700th appearance. I've never talked about Barry Horowitz yet. All right, I'm well... I'm probably just going to segue everything back. Well, congratulations. Why don't you give yourself a fucking pat in the back? <laughs> That's not how Barry Horowitz does it. He goes yeah, over the yeah, shoulder. He does go over the shoulder. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Patting myself on the back. We're doing a, a, a visual gag on a podcast, ladies and gentlemen. It's come to this. Yes, and they can see it, and they can hear it, and they can feel it. Because <laughs> the, the TNW world, the TNW, I don't know what we're going to call it, what we call the podcast listeners. The TNW crew, no, the TNW gang. The TNW kids, the TNW, whatever. And that uh, that was our SummerSlam review, ladies and gentlemen. Tune in next year. Hey, I was at SummerSlam. Uh, I heard. I heard you got recognized. I heard you bring that up three or four times. 
When? When did I bring it up? <laughs> you were doing it in the TNW uh, studio. Yeah, well, well, that I, is I, attached to our kitchen. I did get recognized several times at the uh, show, and uh-huh. uh, you know, I felt pretty good because of the the DZ comedy tour. Oh, nice! You yes. know, and uh, and of course, you know, DZ and I, or DZ and I, are pretty much easy breezy. We're uh, we're best friends now, so. <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I've got a DZ crew hat, you know, part of the DZ crew mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, uh, regardless, um, we're, we're not here to talk about DZ. Well, we will later. How about Barry Horowitz? Would you talk? fuck off with the Barry Horowitz? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Jesus. He's fired. Um, did you, uh, so the, uh, SummerSlam. <laughs> SummerSlam, did you watch the pre-show? Uh, uh, did I watch the pre-show? Yes, yes I did. Orny Orkin against... Uh, Orny Orkin? Orny Orkin? Orny Orkin? Orny Orkin? Orny Orkin? What's his name? What are you saying? Who? I have no idea. Orny Lorkin? Who's the wrestler that wrestled Drew... Drew Gull- what the fuck? What's these guys' names? Drew, what's his name? Gulak? Oh, Drew Gulak. Gulak. I, yeah, I have no idea. Drew Gulak wrestled Orny Lorcan. O-R-N-Y-L-O-R-C-A-N. That's his fucking name. I'm pretty sure he made that up. No, they were in the pre-show. They wrestled. Okay. It was a hell of a match. I missed it. I was in line for merchandise. Mm-hmm. I was getting a Brock Lesnar Suplex City t-shirt where Brock Lesnar is suplexing the CN Tower. Which yes. he could probably do. Anyway, <laughs> um, so I missed that match. Yeah. Uh, and I'm as, guessing you missed it as well. Yes. Uh, then, yes. after that match, I they, was uh, I wasn't getting merchandise. I just didn't care. I, it, yeah. I, I can't believe 205 still exists at this point. Well, uh, they do. And uh, Buddy Murphy, he, uh, he wrestled Apollo Crews. Yeah, yesterday. Okay. Or or one. Well, when the SummerSlam happened, mm-hmm. and uh, and and after the match, Buddy Murphy got attacked by Rowan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess for spilling the beans that Rowan was in the hall during the the car hitting the uh, van, but then oddly enough, it never dented or hurt the van. Have you, did you notice there was no damage <laughs> to I, the van? Yes, you were telling me there were some continuity errors. Yeah, there. it was horrible. But regardless, um, we don't know. Buddy Murphy might have saw who was driving the van. My belief is, or the car that ran into Roman. My belief is it's Rikishi. Um, I know it's not Rikishi. Look at he's jealous that the Usos aren't as big as Roman. He's sixty years old. They still drive cars. <laughs> he's probably a worse driver than ever. So anyway. He's done it before, and Hunter was on site when Roman was there. Mm-hmm. Hunter was the one that had Rikishi do it before. Just put the dots together. Conspiracy. Um. <laughs> anyway, the fans were chanting to Buddy Murphy, you deserved it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the ass kicking that Roman gave him before the match. Um, then... Uh, there was uh, the the Iconics came out and uh, they were going to wrestle against um, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross, the the female women champions, only tag team match of the day, and uh, the Iconics lost that match despite uh, well despite you having a crush on Peyton Royce. I love Peyton Royce. <laughs> I just love her to death. But the fact is, 
uh, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross are way better wrestlers than the Iconics. <laughs> Whereas the Iconics are... I don't even know if they're way better looking. But it doesn't matter. They look like a real tag, a better tag team. I will say that. Um, after that, uh, a long pre-show. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, Elias comes out. And uh, who wants to walk with Elias? Turns out, a lot of people. Um, I was going to walk to the concession stand, but I stayed there because <laughs> I was already uh, drinking a, a souvenir cup that you get free refills for. So imagine, I probably... 32-ounce cup, free refills, $12, all you can drink. Do you work for Scotiabank Arena now? I drank 96 ounces of pop, <laughs> and uh, and it was delicious. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, um, they can, so Elias is singing his song, and he, can, he makes one rhyme where he's like, how do I know I'm in Toronto? And he's just playing guitar, and he's, you know, I can tell from this and this and this, and he's making local things. And There's then one all point, sports reference. Yeah, and then one point he says that uh, he knows he's in Toronto because he, he can't find the Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. And I guess nobody told him that it's in the Hall of Fame across the street. <laughs> like there's a Stanley Cup in the Hall of Fame across the street. That's true. And not only that, in a vault, there are all the original pieces of the original cup. Mm-hmm. The Stanley Cup couldn't be more in Toronto if you ever tried. However, what he should have said was win a cup. There's a difference. Uh, well, you know, you're a Leafs fan. Um, so that was a diss, and uh, and the town did not like it. And then, Jeff, mm-hmm. he made fun of, uh, he said he can't wait to get out of Toronto so he can go to L.A. and hang out with his friend, Kawhi Leonard. Well, the fucking fans did not like that one bit, Jeff. Yes. They I turned. Mean- they no longer wanted to walk with Elias. And then all of a sudden, the music hits, and Edge, Edge on the screen. Edge comes out. Edge in the text that I get from you saying that you're crying. I was in tears. (laughs) I fucking love Edge. I've always loved Edge. Even though I'm a bigger Christian guy, but I'm upset at Christian because years ago on the Christian and Edge podcast, he said that John Tavares should leave New York and go to Toronto. Mm -hmm. And that happened. So I I blame Christian. Uh, so, you, so you don't blame John Tavares' fiance now. Now you, oh no, that's partly to blame too. <laughs> so it's it was a co-conspiracy, much like Rikishi and Triple H. Yes, uh, Christian and John Tavares' fiance teamed up to have him leave the Islanders. Yes, I one hundred percent. So um, Christian put the idea out there. Uh-huh. And uh, the woman it, that listens, John Tavares' fiance or wife who listens, probably listens to the Edge and Christian podcast. Of course. Because, well, you know, they reek of awesomeness. At one time, John Tavares reeked of awesomeness. And, uh, you know, so anyways. La- last year? Two years ago. Um, <laughs> so, anyways, regardless, Edge comes out. And uh, I don't know what I thought was going to happen. But what did happen was Edge speared Elias, which I could not believe because I did not think he could do anything in the ring. No, I didn't think so either. But he speared him, and uh, and I was going fucking nuts, Jeff. It was awesome. Tears rolling down my face. Understands in the city, in the air, in the 
That's the Edge song. I don't know the lyrics. They, I, I figured, yeah. But you got the adjustment. Yeah. Um, Just so a that series was, of noises you made there. Yeah. Um, and then all of a sudden, the show is about to start. We haven't even got to the start of the show. Mm-hmm. And they're like, before the show starts, they're like, ladies and gentlemen, there will be fireworks and pyro for the show and throughout the show. So please be warned. So then everybody just started chanting pyro, <coughs> pyro, pyro, which is better than chanting CM Punk, uh, which they <laughs> did during the first match. <laughs> so uh, SummerSlam starts. And, of course, um, the first match out. That sounds like an old power plant guy. What's that? (laughs) Pyro. Oh, yeah, yeah. Pyro. He fucking teamed up with Glacier. (laughs) They are together. They are fire and ice. (laughs) Pyro. Glacier. (laughs) Heat it up and cool it down. Like like number 48 on Goldberg's winning streak. Oh, yeah. Pyro. Pyro was. Yeah. (laughs) And Pyro. You know what his last name is? Mania. Uh-huh. Yeah, Pyromania is running wild. <laughs> uh, he comes in at Def Leppard's Pyromania. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, the first match. Um, I'm trying to even remember what the first match was. <coughs> there you go. What was the first match? The first match was Becky Lynch versus Natalia. That's right, because WrestleMania started with Brock and ended with Becky, and this one and started with Becky and ended with Brock. And I will tell you, people thought, I don't know. I listen to other podcasts and I could hear people saying that Becky wouldn't be over and this would be her hardest challenge uh, to date because Natalia will have all the fans behind her. But the man is the man wherever the man goes. Mm-hmm. That's what the man fans think. I'm not necessarily a man fan, but we you're all not. Know. No, you're anti-Becky. Well, I just think uh, you know sometimes it's just just like. Before it was genuine, now it seems produced, and now it seems like she's trying to mimic Stone Cold at times, and it just bothers me. Like she was shaking her head, and like you know, she it looked like she was doing a horrible Stone Cold impersonation at one part. But you know, obviously, I'm for Natalia because I'm a heart mark, and uh, Natalia comes out and she has the, the the flag. So of course, the crowd is behind her. What are you gonna fucking boo the Canadian flag? No, you're not. Uh, the fa- I would say it almost was like it was a, a match of two faces. Whereas, yeah. you know, like uh, when I look back to the match of the tag team match of the girls, uh, you had Cross and Bliss against the Iconics. I'm like, who the fuck are the faces in this match? Yeah. Well, I think they're turning Cross and Bliss. That's that's what it seems to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, uh, it was a fantastic match. A great match is a way to start it. And uh, Natalia brought it. She brought it. That sharpshooter on top of the top rope. Yeah, yeah. Looked uh, look legit. It looked good. Yeah. You know? Did you not think that was fucking cool? Yeah. No. It was. It, yeah. It was great. And I thought the match was good itself. And uh, Natalia came up short. And um, yeah, it turned out. Uh, I think uh, Becky had a tougher match against Ron at WrestleMania. But this was, you know, it was a good match for her. And uh, I think a good win and a good way to start the show. The fans were happy and we were off uh, into the second match. Who was the second match there? Uh, it was. Uh... <laughs> I have to have you on here for something. <laughs> You're the host of this show. Oh, for fuck's sake. And sex. you did very little research. It was Goldberg versus Dolph Ziggler. Was the second match? Yes. Your friend Dolph Ziggler. Yes. You can't even remember. You don't even know who Orny Lorcan is. <laughs> 
<laughs> and you own the network. You're like, 205 is going to die. I'm like, yeah, because you don't know who Orny Lorkin is. Um, yes, the Orny next match. Orny Lorkin's family doesn't know who Orny Lorkin is. Well, no, because it's not his real name. Anyway. Oh, yeah, that's that's right. Yeah, so Dolph Ziggler versus Goldberg. Mm-hmm. Um, now, we know which way this is going to go. Because um, I was out with Dolph the night before. And I was... Out till almost two o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. and Dolph was there longer because I left during the VIP meet and greet. Mm-hmm. Dolph was probably out of there at least two thirty, which puts him in bed probably about three thirty, which means he didn't get a good night's sleep. So you're saying sleep schedule is what cost him the match against Goldberg? Well, I think we can all say Dolph Ziggler is better than Goldberg. I I disagree. I love Goldberg. Yeah, you love Goldberg. Yeah, how's Bret Hart's career doing? Um, I will say this: he, ne- he never would have played Aladdin if not for Bill Goldberg. Nobody even talks about Bret Hart's Aladdin. They only talk about how bad Will Smith's Aladdin is. <laughs> Nobody ever mentions how bad Bret Hart's Aladdin is. For uh, those of you who don't know, Bret Hart played a first live action Aladdin in a Broadway theater production up here in Canada. I can't remember if I made this joke on the show before, uh, if it was appearance number 38 or 39 where I made this joke, but uh, I just remember seeing a clip from the show. Yes. And uh, Bret Hart's the genie, right? Yes, yes. And he had uh, he had Jafar in a sharpshooter in, in the play. And I was thinking, that's how many rewrites did they do to the original script to end up with that? That's Who's Jafar? Hmm? Who's Jafar? Uh, who uh, for those who people who like myself who've never seen either Lion King, Lion King, Aladdin. Yes. Oh well, then um, that's wrong. <laughs> uh, uh, for either, well, I haven't seen Aladdin either. Okay, well, Jafar is like the evil sorcerer. You know what Aladdin is to me? What's that? It's a guy I drink with back home, Aladdin the Valley. Just had to set you up from one of the jokes you wrote in 1998. I just wrote that joke in my head right now. <laughs> Can we get on to the match? You love Goldberg. I do love Goldberg. I love Goldberg's entrance. Um, He's a better technical wrestler than Dolph Ziggler. Oh, for fuck's sakes. <laughs> He's not even a better comedian than Dolph Ziggler. I'll tell you that. And Dolph is not. You were saying that Dolph was horrible. Uh-huh. But I will tell you. Dolph is entertaining, and I will say that, and he kept the crowd's attention. That's a different adjective than funny. (laughs) Dude, the people show up for him. The people love him. Not one bad review on the show. I did not hear one bad person say, that show was terrible. I heard people walking out saying, even the rickshaw guy was good. Mm. You know, so there you go. Um, Dolph Ziggler. That that was Brovodani talking about himself. Yeah, no, 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 it it wasn't. However, I did overhear this while I, while uh, Toronto Batman was standing behind me, uh, but he doesn't speak. So um, <laughs> now, 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 with that said, uh, we are uh, sorry, uh, uh, Alex. I like I like Brovacop. Yeah, so do I. Uh huh. And we're gonna have him on the show very soon. Yeah, I feel like he has a better chance of listening to this show than uh, Dolph Ziggler. So sorry. I know you're best friends and everything, but yes. Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> DZ, I call him DZ. Um, DZ. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to call him DZ Hogan? Like 
Like Brutus? No, can we focus on the matches? Can okay, we the sorry, matches? sorry. Yeah, you're getting... We're, 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 one match in and we're 20 minutes. Okay, sorry. So no, Bear, no, no, I'm, I'm joking. Barry Horowitz. Just, hey, just be, fuck you, Barry Horowitz. <laughs> An underrated worker. Goldberg versus Ziggler. Okay. Did anybody think that Ziggler stood a chance? <laughs> no. Did anybody think that Matt Riddle was going to come out and stand a chance? Uh, n- no, uh, although that was talk online, right? That yeah, Matt yeah. Riddle was because that makes out. sense to have Riddle in a a feud with <laughs> Killian on NXT. We're talking a guy who is who I love, Matt Riddle, but he wasn't even on the last NXT show. He had to crash this NXT show, mm-hmm. and you're thinking that he is worthy to be in a, a, a program in a program with Bill Goldberg? No, get the fuck out. <laughs> That's all. Um, Goldberg came out and, uh, not your typical Goldberg match, uh, Dolph did his, did his homework and, uh, right off the bat, super kick, bam, beautiful super kick, beautiful, gets up again, another kick, you know, and I'm like, holy fuck, this match might go the distance. (laughs) It might go the distance. And it went the distance of a Goldberg match. (laughs) Yes. Goldberg then all of a sudden snapped out of it and, uh, you know, jackhammer, spear, spear, jackhammer, one, two, three. Uh, Dolph somehow gets a hold of the mic and cuts one of his greatest promos ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just says, Goldberg, you have no guts. If you were a, if you were a true uh, person or whatever, you get if you had any balls, you get down here. and He called him a dipshit. And then he said, uh, yeah, if you had any balls, you get down here and wrestle me and finish this match or wrestle me again. Goldberg came out. Speared him, then he did it again, and then he did three spears. Dolph took, and in a very entertaining Goldberg match. Yeah, yeah. No, I I joke around with you because I know you're new best friends, but yeah, he's a he's a great wrestler, Dolph Ziggler, and this was perfect. It's exactly what Goldberg needed. You know what? One hundred percent. Like after the fallout of the Saudi Arabia Goldberg match with the Undertaker, uh, it was great for Goldberg. Uh, to come out and have a Goldberg match, and then not only that, to add some comedy to it, the way they did, yeah, you know, and and uh, once again, uh, when I say comedy to match, that means that match was funny, and we know who brought that funny <laughs> is Dolph Ziggler. So entertaining, yes, funny, yes, uh, hell of a wrestler, yes, and delivered a great match. And one of the best mo- that was probably one of the best moments in, uh, for me. One of the highlights of SummerSlam was the Dolph Ziggler at Goldberg match. Yeah, that was my favorite part. Yeah. Um. So the next match we go into after that uh, was it? Was it? Uh, did we go into Shane McMahon? <laughs> Why don't you have the rundown on your phone? Yeah, but my phone. I have to keep grabbing it. <laughs> you, told, you told me you were gonna look at the rundown beforehand. Yeah, but it's all over the place. What do you mean it's all over well, the it's, place? The matches are listed, but they're not in order. Oh, for goodness sake. Here, let me try. Like, in the next match it has is SmackDown Women's Championship, but that wasn't... Yeah, that was the next one. Was that the next match? Yeah. Oh, maybe yeah. I don't know because uh, I stayed for the start, but then I left for most of it because... I was hungry at that point, wanted to get something to drink. I needed, I'd already finished 32 ounces of pop, and I needed 32 more ounces. And uh, so I missed the Bailey-Amber Moon match, but mm-hmm. what happened? 
This is also, so this is a review of SummerSlam and also uh, Casey's cheat day, in case you haven't noticed. I had two slices of pizza, (laughs) I had two hot dogs, and 92 ounces of Diet Cola. 96 ounces. Uh Um, Amber Moon, not a fan. Yes, you don't like her for some reason. I like her. Yeah, I just don't, I just don't think she's that great. Um, she's a good wrestler. Sure, maybe, but I don't. I don't buy the. I don't. What is she? Hmm? What is she? A reject from Twilight? What is she? <laughs> I don't understand. What is she? A vampire? I don't understand what her gimmick is. I don't like it. Mm-hmm. Not a fan. Uh, I love Bailey, uh, and uh, Bailey retained her title. Yes. We'll just leave it at that, right? Yes. Kevin Owens versus Shane McMahon. That was the next match, I do believe, and. Uh, <laughs> Shane McMahon, Wikipedia. Shane McMahon, according to my memories, <laughs> Shane McMahon came out first, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, half of his entrance is him dancing, the other half is the guy saying "world," uh, greatest in the world, and then it goes on forever. Uh, Kevin Owens came out. Kevin Owens has to retire if uh, he loses his match, and um, big surprise, Kevin Owens. Uh, has a great match against Shane. No high, no crazy high spot from Shane. Yeah, I was surprised. He must be hurt or something. Yeah. Well, maybe he just decided to do a wrestling match. Yeah. Instead of a gimmick show. And it was a great match. And Kevin Owens uh, wins with the stunner. And we'll, I don't know what happened on SmackDown, but uh, I'm sure... They, they're continuing the feud. They're they continuing the feud. They will not let this thing die. The mm-hmm. whole point mm-hmm. of this this match was to stop the feud. I know. Ugh. So with that said, uh, that's one of my new saying with that said. I got, that's my transition. Um, <laughs> saying that now... Um, is that another one of your transitions? Sure. Saying that now is, uh, oh, yeah, Elias came out. And they're like, oh, yeah, Kevin Owens put his hands on an official. He should be fined $10,000. I am uh, so bored with Elias. I think you are, too. I, you know, when Elias comes out, he's like, who wants to walk with Elias? I'm like, who wants to go get 32 more ounces of Diet Cola and go to the washroom? Me. Um, yeah, I, I'm so tired with Elias. And uh, he came out and interfered, and and it was, uh, you know, whatever. It was just whatever. The match was great. Kevin Owens is awesome. Kevin Owens over huge. Nice to see Kevin Owens win in Canada. Uh, you know, coming up next after that, speaking of Canada, Miss Canada herself, Trish Stratus, is going up against the Queen. So we have the Queen, and we have the Queen of Queens. We have... <laughs> Seven-time world champion Trish Stratus. Three-time babe of the year. Three-time babe of the year. Uh, that's a callback to the first episode. Uh, we have uh, Charlotte Flair, who is a nine-time champ, they're saying now. So mm-hmm. they're counting her NXT championships along with her world championships. No, oh, are they? Okay. Well, she's not seven-time world championship. Or is it SmackDown or Raw? So she's just combining all of her titles. Oh, I see. Yeah, that's 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 what she's doing. Mm-hmm. So, um, see, then if they do that, then they should count all of Flair's. Oh yeah, because those five U.S. titles and those six <laughs> tag titles really matter. 
Um, <laughs> compared well, to she, she'll never, Charlotte will never, like, lose the belt in Puerto Rico and then <laughs> well, Pete, not get it back because you know, she's well, scared of getting stabbed. Or Trish is seven-time champ, but, you know, those <laughs> aren't all world champs. Those Some of those are diva titles, mm-hmm. you know, so whatever. It is what it is. They're the two greatest females in probably of all time to wrestle. Um, depending on what your stance is. And uh, this was a dream match for me, and it carried out very nicely. Um, did I expect Trish Stratus to win? No. no. She's a great champion, and great champions retire by going out on their back. Now, she didn't do that. She tapped out. But um, what a match. What a match it was. And uh, and this might have been my favorite match of the night um, because when you watch it back on the WWE Network, you can see me in the crowd. <laughs> right? There's one part where Trish is standing there, and if you look at her elbow, or well, her at where her elbow is, not the elbow, but the inside of her elbow, and then you look right beside the inside of her elbow in the audience, there's a little me, like I'm supposed to be up on her shoulder giving her advice, but I'm not. I'm down at her elbow saying, hey, hey, don't bend because I'm right here. So, uh, yeah, I'm in the audience. I got crowd shots. Very happy. Uh, Bond, Bond, if you're listening, eat your heart out. I had to look for me, whereas Bond from uh, Bond Beckham from um, uh, 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 here from uh, here in Toronto, he's a super fan. He goes to all the wrestling shows, and uh, he was <laughs> he was in the audience in the front row with all the people that I don't like. You know, the guy that looks like uh, Jesus, wrestling Jesus, and uh, the coop the. <laughs> And the Kool Aid goatee guy. You're the you're the only person I know. You you love wrestling. You love wrestlers. You have like wars with wrestling. One sided wars. These these poor nerds have no idea how much you hate them. Just well, for sitting in with, the front row of wrestling shows. When you're at every pay per view, and when you're at every Raw, mm-hmm. and when you're in every SmackDown, and you're in the front row every time. Yeah, I fucking hate you. Because <laughs> clearly they're rich, and they're just going and following wrestling because that's all they know and that's all they do. I don't know these people's stories, but Bond was down there with them in, in fucking hatred, Loro. But the best was when Brock was coming out, mm-hmm. they're all standing there. They don't cheer. They just stand there. But Bond is like pretending he's got the money in the bank on his shoulder, and he's doing the Brock dance. And he's the only one that's dancing in the front row. And it's really fucking funny. <laughs> Anyways, we're not on that match yet. We're currently at the Trish Stratus match. Yes. Uh, Trish Stratus. Where you could see you. Where uh, you could see me. Yes, which you got very excited for. However. I will post a picture of Trish Stratus and me from SummerSlam weekend. I'll post it on the Instagram. Uh, I sent it to my friend who did a movie with her. I'm like, hey, here's a picture of me and Trish. And, of course, I circled me, and then I zoomed in, and I took a picture of that. So it's like two pictures. And he was nice enough to send it to Trish and say, here's a picture of uh, you and my old roommate. from," And she thought it was funny. So it's already Stratisfaction approved. (laughs) TS has already seen it. Uh, I did like how moments before you could pick out you, you were very angry at the person holding up the We the North flag that was covering you up. No, no, no. Trish was standing in the way of me. 
Oh, I see. I needed her to move or uh. just a different camera. The We the North guys were right beside me, so it was very easy to pick out the We the North sign. Oh, okay. That was my best. When Trish came out, they're like, We the North. I'm like, she doesn't play basketball. <laughs> but what, I thought that was a great match. And uh, congratulations to Trish Stratus for one hell of a career. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Being in a screenshot with Casey Corbin. Is what a what a way to go out. Is the best way to go out possible. <laughs> We're going out together. Um after that match, uh maybe another washroom trip. Um <laughs> and we uh So we're our yeah, again, our SummerSlam review is just all the things you did in the arena while this was going on. Oh, well, you, what did you well, you're here at the house. What to, by by all means, go, feel free to Who's that chick? She's so hot. Um, some girl in the alley. Anyway, uh, Studio B. Um, <laughs> hey, stop, stop looking at the people that are walking down our alleyway. Well, here at uh, TNW Studios, we are, uh, you know, we're we are the people. Uh, in case they want to watch us tape the podcast live, they can always come down to <laughs> Studio B and stand in the alley and watch us in the window as as we're doing right now. Uh-huh. We are live. And um, as Casey makes creepy comments about you, <laughs> hey, hey, who's that? And there's um, the next match was uh, was quite the match uh, <laughs> after Trish and uh, I believe it was Kofi. Was it Kofi and uh, and um, Randy Orton? I think it might have been. <clears throat> yes, it was. Yeah, and. Uh, now, Kofi, I didn't, I, I didn't think this was a very good match. Well, you know what? It's just I've we've we've seen it. Mm-hmm. We've seen it a dozen times. Just a plodding Randy Orton match. It's God, like, he works slow, man. He works slow, but he's just like, you know, it's like, well, we need something for Randy. Well, let's just throw him in a match with Kofi. Everybody will love it, you know. And it's just like whatever. So this, but this this feud is not over. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's only beginning as as I believe. Uh, Randy Orton at one point he was outside the ring at the very end, and uh, Kofi's kids are there. And Kofi's kids are tough. I don't know if you've seen at WrestleMania, but they got some shots in on that guy that rushed Bret Hart. Um, Kofi's kids were in the ring with Kofi, fucking giving him the knuckles. <laughs> but uh, Kofi's kid was not afraid of Randy Orton as well uh, at all, probably because they were probably hanging out before the match. Mm-hmm. But um, I guess Randy Orton said something to Kofi's family. Kofi went nuts, grabbed a kendo stick. Why are kendo sticks underneath the fucking ring to begin with? They're they're essential. No, a sledgehammer, I know you need to help put together the ring. Mm -hmm. A fucking kendo stick. Yeah. What, in case Tommy Dreamer shows up? Like, where? Why? uh, Something to do with the turnbuckles, I'm pretty sure. It's bullshit. What? Anyway, uh, Kofi Kingston goes nuts. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a count out. I guess it was a count out. It was double a count double out. count out, yes. We never get those in main events, big cards like this, especially for a world title. No. Uh, but hey, congratulations for one ref that actually counted them out. Probably a mistake. <laughs> Probably was not supposed to happen because they never count anyone out. Uh, so then we go into mm. what a lot of people think. What do sorry? What, what, now with Randy Orton, when when do you think he stopped giving a shit? Do you think he ever gave a shit about this, or is he just 
naturally good at it and was just like no i think when he first came the WWE first bunch of years like evolution stuff like that he gave a shit but i don't think he's given a shit for the last 10 years (laughs) definitely a decade of fucking decade of fucking whatever yeah he does not care you know like but he's just so fucking good he is good you know and uh he is one of the greats um you know and uh definitely better than his uncle barry um, <laughs> not Horowitz, Barry O. Uh, the O stands for oh, don't touch me there. No, it uh, it stands for Barry Orton. Uh, there we go. There we go. Only speculations. Mm, there's um, a lot of podcasts that are gonna do SummerSlam reviews. That'll be the only one. You're listening to the only one that'll have a. Barry Orton was molested joke. Well, I was hanging out with Pat Patterson this weekend. Uh, I'm not saying he did it. I'm just saying uh, he might have knew some people that did. So, um, and I'll tell you, Pat Patterson made his fair share of gay jokes backstage. He, you know, mm-hmm. there were a few a few Q words thrown around. Uh, that guy is a, is a Q word. Mm-hmm. You know, it was pretty weird. Um, but he was really drunk. <laughs> And uh, Zack Ryder kept trying to get him to say to banana. 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 Anyways. Um, the next, yeah, so we had, uh, we got the, the Finn Balor coming out next. All in white. A lot of the uh, wrestlers had new outfits that were uh, gimmicked. Like Finn Balor was just all in white. Um, Alexa Bliss was dressed up as Buzz Lightyear for some reason. Kofi Kingston was all in uh, Toronto Raptor gear. Um, Seth Rogen, Seth Rollins looked like a superhero. Uh, <laughs> so, anyways, we're here, and we uh, Bray Wyatt is about to make his return to the WWE in live action in his first match, and uh, versus Finn Balor, and it's a short, quick match. Finn Balor does get some offense in, but uh, this new Bray Wyatt, what'd you think, Jeff? Uh, I like the new Bray Wyatt. Yeah, I like the yeah repackaged. I like the the lantern is like a disembodied head of his former self, which is weird and creepy. New, you know, they remade his music. Uh, you like, can buy all those kids from the fun. All the Funhouse characters are all for sale. Oh yeah, nice. Yeah, so they're really marketing this Bray Wyatt well, and I think they're gonna. This is a long term <laughs> deal, and. Uh, I hope they keep his matches short. Just cause I, his promos are amazing. His character works amazing. But I always found like the crowd is ends up being dead for his matches. So as long as they keep it like short and make him like a, a cross between Goldberg and the Undertaker. Yeah, yeah. Just have him. Yeah, like yeah, squash guys for a bit. I think so too. I think he's to squash a bunch of guys before he goes into his next feud. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do love him using the mandible claw, though, and it makes it look vicious. And Yeah, and it is a vicious hold. Yeah. You know, like it does, like, you know, you can't breathe. Like, you're going to pass out, and that's what happened to Finn. Uh, you know, so, um, yeah, so Finn Balor, uh, rumor is he's going on hiatus, but I have a feeling we haven't seen the last of Finn Balor and Bray. Uh, I have a feeling, you know, as the Fiend is an alter ego to Bray Wyatt, we also know that Finn Balor has an alter ego that's never been defeated in the WWE. And I think uh, Survivor Series, we might see the Feed versus the Demon. Ooh. 
So I think that's what they're building up to. With that said, now, as we move along, mm-hmm. we're going into the main event. Okay. The main event. Brock Lesnar. Uh, Brock Lesnar versus uh, Seth Rollins. I'm going to be honest. I did not think Brock could lose this match uh, as long as, they, you know, yeah. And if he did, they're probably going to give him a ball shot. But um, no ball shot in this match. And uh, what a fantastic match. It was great. It was a great brawl. Um, Yeah, back and forth. Uh, Brock, yeah, he's, I don't know. He's he's the best wrestler in that company. I, I should know more about other wrestling, but I don't. But, yeah, he's he's just so good, man. Like his his offense is obviously amazing, but selling he might be the best seller in wrestling. He's so good. Yeah, and uh, to be honest, I would have wished this was the match was a little gimmicked up. Like, you know, the fact that the stretcher came into such a big play uh, in the in the build up to this match, I would have thought it would have been great to have a stretcher match. But who the fuck is going to beat Brock Lesnar in a stretcher match? Who's going to put <laughs> Brock Lesnar on a stretcher? No, yeah, that would that would kill his gimmick of him being a beast i think yeah, yeah and uh the beast slayer uh well he didn't burn down the acc or sorry scotia bank place uh the, it's where it's still standing but uh he did slay the beast they said he the, he has the confidence that he's done it before at wrestlemania i was like whoa he cashed in at wrestlemania roman reigns is the one that did all the damage to brock and then fucking he just came down and did the curb stomp or sorry the stomp and um, and beat uh, for the title in, in WrestleMania. Well, he beat him this year too, Case. What's that? <laughs> he beat him this year as well. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, maybe I'm forgetting about that. <laughs> it was the opening match. The opening match of SummerSlam. Uh, the opening match of WrestleMania this year was Seth Rollins versus Brock Lesnar, and he won with he had gave him a couple of ball shots and you were very unhappy about it yes yes yeah. well then that's that's cheap i don't count those wins <laughs> if you have to win by a ball shot i don't count uh-huh. this match he he wrestled him and he beat him and uh the, the fans were happy i thought it was mostly a brock crowd they were definitely counting chanting suplex city throughout the match they were counting each suplex uh one thing i didn't like is whenever the refs would count they would still do the 10 count. 10, 10, 10. It's like, get over it. He's in AEW. Take that shit to AEW. Yeah. You know, fuck off. Um, but for that, the crowd being Bizarro World, I thought the crowd was fairly normal. I thought the event was great. I thought it was a great SummerSlam. And um, you know what? It was it was a, just a fantastic week of wrestling. Of course, Raw and SmackDown uh, went on. Uh, you know, we're, we're also in town this week. However, uh, we're not going to cover those. If you want to find those, you can, I'm sure there's a review show where you can find those. Um, but uh, that is our coverage of SummerSlam and uh, the 32-ounce cup and the souvenirs. <laughs> would, you, would you recommend it to people? SummerSlam, 100%. No, your 32-ounce collector cup. Yes, of course. Yeah. <laughs> But here's the thing. They don't let you bring it into SmackDown or Raw. No. Once you leave with it, it cannot return. No. No. It Yeah. And it stays in our cupboard for some reason. Yeah. I've been told that you can't throw that out. That's my SummerSlam, that's my SummerSlam cup. 
Yes, it's called a souvenir cup. <laughs> and a souvenir means you don't throw it out. <laughs> Folks, Jeff McHenry has learned a lot this episode. He's learned uh, who, that, who that Barry Orton was molested. Yeah, he's learned that Orny Larkin is a wrestler. <laughs> and I've learned not to throw out souvenir cups. No, because uh, souvenirs uh, are meant to be kept. And, uh, and folks, uh, with that said, <laughs> winding down, Jeff, uh, where can we find you online? Tell the people, tell the world what's going on with you. Oh, you can find me at, uh, jeffmchenry.com. That's J E double F, uh, <laughs> M C E. And I don't have another double, so it doesn't work. Uh, J E F F M C E N E R Y.com. Yeah, uh, if you miss that, I'm sure I'll be on uh, three episodes from now, and <laughs> I'll plug it again. Yes, you'll be on the uh, the the next pay per view review show. Oh, okay. uh, no, 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 you'll be on the Survivor. What's the next pay per view? Survivor series, big uh, one. Uh, the next big one would be Survivor series. Yeah, you'll be on the Survivor series review, uh, and and if I'm stuck for a guest, um, <laughs> but you know, now that me and. Uh, Oh, uh, well, we got to wind this up. My Somebody's calling me. Ooh, DZ. <laughs> I got to take this. Um, folks, you can uh, find us uh, you know, at TNW Pod on Twitter. You know where to find us on all those places. Folks, uh, anywhere. Never Sleeps Network. That's where you can find us. Uh, iTunes, Spotify, all over the place. Check us out. Thank you for listening to the show today. Thank you for letting us put a headlock on your ears. Uh, you guys, thanks for keeping on tuning in. You keep tuning in. We'll keep uh, doing it, doing it, doing it well. Um, thanks again for being on the show. Jeff McHenry, Casey Corbin, have a great week. Hope you enjoyed SummerSlam, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. We're out of here. Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com.